0: I'm Chaplain Jacob Scott of the Oregon National Guard. This is the Hope in the Trenches podcast, where going forward, I'll sit down for conversations with people who offer interesting and informative perspectives on finding strength for life and work in the trenches, and even improving our spiritual posture. Whether you feel like you're under heavy bombardment or ready to go over the top toward a new objective, it's good to be with you. My guest today is Lieutenant Colonel Dan Brown. Lieutenant Colonel Brown is a member of the Oregon Army National Guard, but he's currently serving as a coach with the Army's World Class Athlete Program. Dan is originally from West Lynn, Oregon, near Portland. He's a graduate of the United States Military Academy at West Point. He has 15 years of international racing experience, including representing the United States in the 2004 Olympics, where he ran the 10,000 meters and the marathon. Dan has spent more than eight years with the world-class athlete program as a soldier athlete and a coach. He deployed to Afghanistan in 2013. One of the highlights of his coaching career, in 2016, he coached Paul Chelimo to the silver medal in the 5,000 meters at the 2016 Olympic Games in Rio. Also with me today is Sergeant First Class Zach Holden. He's with our public affairs office. Dan, thanks so much for being here with us today.
1: Hey, thank you very much, um, Jake. I really appreciate um, you taking the, the time, and uh, this is excellent.
0: Absolutely. Th- thank you for, for your time. Well, that was I, I shared a little bit of your resume, but tell us a little more about your origin story. What, what was the journey that led you to West Point and eventually to the Oregon Army National Guard?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, kind of from, from a big picture perspective, you know, when you talk about the origin story, I mean, it's really rooted in my identity and my identity is rooted in who God says that I am and he, and I am loved. And as I continue to kind of plumb the depths of, you know, God's love for me, I'm keenly aware of how my story is shaped by his love for me. Um, You know, it's, it inspires me with hope to live well and to glorify him. Um, the, my, my faith began when, uh, my mom introduced me to, um, becoming a, being a Christian, uh, taking me to church, uh, attended Rolling Hills community church, but they're in the Cuspego area. Okay. And yeah. So, and it's, and, 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 you know, I started at a young age basically. And, uh, um, Ultimately, as I kind of moved through high school, um, it's you know kind of my faith deepened, and um, you know I decided to attend the United States Military Academy, and that was kind of a a uh, you know a big uh, turning point in my life. Uh, and not just moving from from Westland, Oregon, out to West Point, but uh, more importantly, kind of that journey from becoming a, a youth to moving toward becoming a man and, and what that means. And, um, so that, so, so then, so when I got to West Point, you know, I, um, I got involved in Officer Christian Fellowship out there, um, I actually got, uh, baptized, um, up there, um, uh, at one of the chaplains and, um, at my year. So that was a very, uh, pivotal moment in my life. Oh yeah, well. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, just, just continued on through my, uh, you know, career at the Academy. Um, for me, sports was, uh, a big deal, but also, you know, I think the, my desire to attend the Academy had as much to do with my desire to serve our country. And, um, so that was a, um, you know, a great thing. I got some really, I got some amazing opportunities through, uh, some very hard work, um, and I was able to join the Army's World Class Athlete Program um, and was was active duty for a few years. And then I was able to get out under a Army National Guard reserve initiative um, that at first took me to the Colorado Guard. But then a year later, um, I transferred to the Oregon National Guard in early 2002 and uh, joined um, the Oregon Project under Alberto Salazar. So um, that's kind of that's sort of my pathway from so my uh, through West
0: Point and into the Guard yeah abs- absolutely well and, and you mentioned the role that your mother played kind of in that in that faith formation and that that's I, I know we have a lot of soldiers and airmen and others that that have similar influences in in their life Was there a particular influence that that led you to to the military or was that do you remember a moment was it or was there just just serving in the army was that something that you kind of always wanted to do?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. Um, one of my one of my big influencers in my life was my uh, high school running coach. His name was Norm Oiler, and he was the uh, distance coach at uh, Westland High School. And he uh, he was very uh, influential on in my life. And um, as I continued to progress in my running uh, over the years, um, you know, he he was. And then as I started looking at colleges to attend, I was looking at a couple other good ones. Um, but I think that once I made that decision to attend West Point, he was very, very happy with that decision. I uh, thought it was, it would be a great, uh, uh, opportunity for me. And, uh, to be honest, I had my grandfathers, um, served in World War II, but I, I don't really have a lot of other family members, uh, that their, that uh, career military or anything. So for me, it was, I was a little green coming to West Point. Um, but that was, you know, I think God had a plan for it all.
0: Absolutely. Well, I, I think everyone's a little bit green when they show up for, for plea beer at West Point.
1: Yeah, that's, that's, that's very true. Uh, yeah. yeah it, it, and not only did I, I didn't even know what uh, humidity was. And so you can imagine going from, you know, West Coast, you know, no humidity to, to the East Coast where, you know, five minutes after your shower, you're, you're soaked with sweat. It, it, I was definitely for a few weeks out of there, fish out of water. But, you know, God, God, God had me. Um, and I just remained faithful and determined.
0: Well, I think there's, there's probably some great lessons there in, in being some immersed or uh, thrown into a, a really new environment. And, and of course it, it places some demands on you and, and requires you to be resilient um, and well, and, and I just read an article recently, too, that that reminded me that uh, that that spiritual formation is is a lot like physical fitness too. spiritual fitness and physical fitness are both lifelong pursuits and something that you always have to, to continually grow and nurture and, and continue to to develop
1: Absolutely. I think it, I think, uh, maybe this, maybe the term is like flexing that spiritual muscle. And, um, I think that's part of the, that sanctification process that, that we all go through and that, you know, God's, you know, he brings you from a beginning stage as a Christian and, you, and then you sort of learn and fall down and get up and, you know, keep, you know, you know, keep your trust and faith in, in Jesus. And I think that, um, ultimately, as god you know as god reveals himself through his word to you it becomes very clear sort of and then through prayer and you know just honest yearning you know he 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 makes a way uh for for us all and and uh yeah it's just as i go out as i go throughout life i'm more and more aware of this, the dynamic of the circle in life, and how how important it is to um, to grow in your faith, and then to also to share that, and to be uh, you know someone who is bold um, in, in in how they and um, how they live, especially when they um, know the truth. And it's it's such a, an amazing message for this world.
0: Oh, and ab- absolutely, and that well, and that's. Um, I, I can tell from from listening to you and, and hearing your story too that how how important that is at that at the core of your character development and and of course for any any of us serving in the military or, or really any profession it's your character is is everything. Absolutely, yes, yeah, absolutely. Um, so you uh, your your athletic career is is uh, is has really been inc- incredible. What are what are some of the lessons do you think that you've learned along the way that that have taught you about life and resiliency from, well, you mentioned relocating from the West coast uh, as you know, as a, as an 18 year old going from, from Portland to upstate New York and West Point. Um, Tell us a little bit about some of the things you've learned along the way about being resilient.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that in terms of, Resiliency, um, that's a a term that that we use a lot now in the Army. And um, there's a really good book uh, called Grit by Angela Duckworth. And, um, you know, she she actually did a bunch of studies at at the Academy. It's kind of like the start of the book, basically, talking about their studies. And I I think that, you know, um, God gives us all gifts, right? We We all have gifts. And and I I think it's part of our job throughout life to to really um, to honor God with those gifts and uh, part of that is being um, determined and being someone who uh, finishes well, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's always been a very important thing in my life to finish well, to finish things. And, uh, you know, West Point is not, not an easy place to uh, graduate from. Um, and so, that, you know, it's But you, you learn a lot about yourself and uh, through uh, challenge in your life. And I think it's a message for, for young soldiers and everything is that when you're in those moments when you are challenged uh, personally, spiritually, professionally, um, what you do during those times is a very critical piece of, of that, that journey that you have in life. And, uh, none of us are perfect. We all make mistakes. So it's not like you have to just perfectly go throughout life. Mm -hmm. But, um, but the, but the idea of, of always getting up one more time and you fall down, that's, that's something that, in life will serve you well. And I think also as a, as a Christian, you know, because we are, we are sinful, but by God's grace, we have been given hope.
0: Absolutely. Well, and yeah, we're all, we're all going to have setbacks along our way. We'll, we'll make mistakes and, and fall down. Uh, What's vital is, is what you do next uh, to to get back Mm -hmm. on your feet and, and get going. How do you, as a, as a coach, how do you try to instill that in your athletes?
1: So, um, yeah, that's a, that's a great one. That's part of the, that's part of the, 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 nuggets that I like to impart into my, into my athletes because, you know, we are mind, body, and spirit. And I believe firmly that in order to uh, give your best, you have to bring all of those pieces together. And that's one of the things that I like so much about the H2F program that the Army's got going right now. And I think they're just absolutely hitting, you know, the individual soldier system right on target. Um, and and we can, we'll talk about that probably more later. But, yep. but in terms of the, um, my athletes, you know, I tend to be one, I I think the physical preparation obviously has to be there. You, you, you're not going to get, you know, you're not going to get a harvest if you don't plow the field. Um, at the same time, the, um, the mindset of a champion is a key aspect, the mental preparation that it takes to perform in a highly competitive environment in my opinion, is about half the battle, sure. especially as you get toward the tip of the spear. Um, and those that truly understand that, um, I believe, overall, do do very well. Um, so, so that's, I, that's I, I bring a lot of mental skills training to my um, to my coaching, basically.
0: Can you can you just can you tell us a little bit more about those the mental skills training? What are maybe what are some of the practices that? that you or your athletes engage in?
1: So I think it's, I I think there's a number of components to it. Um, I'm not a trained psychologist per se or anything, but it's just sort of the world that I've lived in, uh, for most of my adult life. And, um, I think visualization is a very important thing. If you, can envision in your own in your mind the things that you want to achieve and to create a very clear picture of it. I'm talking very very detailed, uh, and then reinforce that through um, sort of you know, there's, I guess you call them like relaxation or kind of like um, just thoughtful. Um, I don't. Know, I, 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 hate, I hate to use the word meditation, but I guess it is kind of like there's 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 training that I've received where. You you spend some time going through. I'll use racing for example, where you go through that perfect race. And as you as you create that picture in your mind, it's it's interesting how it it sort of in the on the mental side it reinforces itself. And um, th- those are these are some of these things I've, I've learned through at West Point. They had this thing called the Center for Enhanced Performance, and uh, it was, a, it was a great place to, to kind of grow in in mental skills training, but um, uh, from a, you know, and, and this really translates across translates across life. It has nothing you could you could utilize this, whether you're getting ready for a race or whether you're getting ready for a job interview or whether you're getting ready to, you know, do a briefing or, or anything, um, any, any big um, life event. I think these mental skills translate across the
0: spectrum. Oh, absolutely. I think it, translates incredibly well, you, you use the word visualization. And, and I think that's important for, for leaders at every echelon in the in the military, or even outside the military too. you know, that that platoon leader who writes an operations order paints a picture for their soldiers as to what, you know what the desired end state is, what what a success look like. And then they, yeah. they, they say, well, so here's how we're gonna get there. Follow me, you know. In, in the the general at the upper strategic levels, writing a vision for their organization is painting a picture of a better future, and 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 that gives people hope. Then when you when you show oh, them uh, what that looks like, absolutely, and, yeah,
1: yeah, and and it, and it and it lends itself to the trust and everything else that we need uh, within the military, so that uh, you know we have. Uh, so our you know subordinates uh, have that trust of their leaders that they know they they know and believe that they're gonna um that they're doing everything they can to um, you know uh, take care of them and and uh, and obviously uh, for us to take care of uh, the United States of america basically
0: S- certainly trust is trust is the foundation so you you mentioned h two f earlier for our listeners that's the Army's new holistic health and fitness system, and you've had a chance to meet with the team that developed the Army's new holistic health and fitness system. And in that system, there are there are five pillars of readiness. We've touched a little bit already on the the mental, the physical, and the spiritual, and then they also add nutrition and and sleep. Really, that's the that's the the performance triad that we've been talking about for several years. Of uh, exercise, sleep, and nutrition, and then the importance of mental and spiritual readiness as well. Can you help our listeners? What's the Army trying to accomplish with that new strategy, do you think?
1: Well, you know, and I just, I gotta, I gotta take my hat off to the Army in terms of they are, they are hitting the nail on the head with, with this approach, um, this this comprehensive strategy to within H2F to um, optimize the individual soldier system is absolutely right on target. Um, and I, and I really appreciate that they bring mental, physical and spiritual aspect to it. And then, you know, as you mentioned earlier, you know the the old performance triad: the sleep, activity, nutrition. Um, they were they were they were on the they were on target with that as well. And mm-hmm. I think that they've only further refined um, this approach. And um, it's you know it's I, I, you know God tells us you know that we need rest. You know He rested on the seventh day, um, and God is God is all powerful. And, and, uh, so, you know, there's a lot to be learned in that. And I think that as we, um, further kind of refine the idea of what is the right amount of rest look like, sleep readiness, and what does nutritional readiness look like? Um, you know, this, these kind of things will really help our soldiers. And I think that, I think that as. As we can, as the as the, the total force continues to really drill down and and hopefully implement these excellent uh, strategies, I believe that it's going to um, affect change in a very positive way in a number of different uh, challenges that we have within the army. Um, because I think that people that have hope, people that are rested, people that are um, physically fit. And, um, you know, I think that they will be more productive. I think that they will be happier. Um, I think that there, there's a, and all these things create a really nice synergy for performance and uh, it'll help our, it'll help us to be a more effective army, um, you know, uh, when called.
0: Well, I, I agree completely. And, and, I can reflect on my life as a as a young officer, a young a young soldier, and I didn't I didn't really think of that synergy, perhaps in a, in a holistic way. Uh, we we worked hard and we, and we played hard, and and I, I probably neglected some of those some of those other activities in my in my off time that that, that would have made me a better not just a better soldier and leader, but but all around uh, healthier.
1: Yeah, and you know, life. But that's the thing about life, and that we all learn is that it's a learning process. And I think that one of the key things that I have become aware of is this idea of of um, one of the things I prayed for um, diligently over the last uh, couple couple of years is just asking God for wisdom, because mm-hmm. wisdom is such an, uh, a thing that. Uh, will will help so many different attributes in life and and it's you know it, it's uh be ready for it when you ask for wisdom because right. man it, it, it'll it, it'll be like all right you ready you, you ready for my wisdom here here comes some tough stuff you know here comes some things that you know because as as individuals he um you know god wants us to um become more like him and then be more like him we are you know, called to be, um, thinking of others before ourselves, um, uh, less selfish, less interested in what we want and more interested in, in the better and the betterment of others. And, um, these are all things that, um, I think as a, you know, society, we, you know, Definitely getting back to faith is, is uh, you know, especially in the service and as a as our culture is a great thing.
0: Absolutely, that that selfless service I think translates well to all of the all of the various vocations or callings that we have in life, whether that's mm-hmm. in the military mm-hmm. or with our families, uh, our friends, yeah. our our communities, and um, and in and, and wherever we go after this. That's one of the one of the great. Uh, or one of the one of the things that I've latched onto over the last few years, he was he was the acting secretary of of the Army, um, Patrick Murphy, and, and he he had the slogan that every soldier is a leader of character for a lifetime of service, and mm-hmm. and I'm reminded too, you know, we, we don't the, the service that we do today for the military, you know, that that shouldn't be the last great thing that we do or the last thing that we strive to accomplish for the for the betterment of the world around us.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely, and um, you know, it kind of you, you struck a chord when when you mentioned that about you know, uh, you know, basically like at, at West Point they they drill that into you the idea of leaders of character, you know, serving the common defense, inspired to serve a lifetime uh, for our nation, you know, whether that be in uniform, and then and then and then onward, you know, the the, the soldier for life. Uh, thing is, is so important for us to be, you know, whether we're in uniform or out, you know, uh, active duty or, you know, reserve national guard, it's being, being good citizens, um, and kind of, and being representatives and ambassadors of the, of the service, you know, um, doing so.
0: So now you and I have been wearing the uniform for a long time and, and serve full, full time and, and in the reserve components. <laughs> What advice might you give one of our new or uh, our young soldiers or airmen in the in the National Guard and in in terms of that uh, a holistic approach to health and fitness?
1: Ah uh, yes. well, um, w- what I would say um, primarily is to um, number one, not be afraid to uh, be um, diligent and, and – well, let me, let me rephrase this. Um, what I would say is don't let time go by doing the things that you know you should do, but for whatever reason, don't do. That's where the really the rubber meets the road mm. When as it pertains to H2F, is that I believe that this system right on the money. But the application of it is the key critical component. And it, it, you know, the journey of a thousand miles starts with the first mile. And so begin, you mm-hmm. know, find, seek counsel from people who have a few years ahead of you, you know, talk to your platoon sergeants, your squad leader, you know, you know, reach out to a chain of command. Now learn, try to, um, if you set set a goal, set the goal for yourself of whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish and then learn what it takes, you know, seek counsel from people that you believe will help you get there and then start and don't don't waste time um, because um, it, it, uh, a lot of things that are hard in life um, are just nothing more than being determined and and. Spending the time needed to develop your skills. Um, so you know, it's like you know, people come to me all the time, like, "Hey, how do I improve my two mile time or whatever?" And it's like, it's the um, you have to begin, and then you just you, you continue, and and you will you'll learn over time what it means to uh, have a, an enjoyment for running or have an enjoyment for physical fitness, and you know. It, bring people along with you. It's always hard to do things in a silo by yourself. Um, so we are designed uh, by God to be in community, and um, I think that having that community around you is very important. So those are just some tidbits.
0: Yeah. So it sounds. It sounds like if I was going to summarize it, it's it's. It sounds like you're talking about discipline, mm-hmm. and of course, it. Well, whether you're talking about investing or physical fitness, you know, the best, the best time to start was a year ago or two years ago, but the, the second best time <laughs> to start is now, <laughs> right? Yeah. Or even yesterday, but the, the, the second best time to start is today.
1: That's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. And, um, deciding how important things are to you is another, uh, critical, uh, thing to consider. You know, we're all busy. We all have lots of of competing priorities in our life. Um, I believe that there are certain things in our life that are sort of life giving. And I think that there are some things that that kind of, that are things that maybe, you know, it's just, I guess my, there are certain very positive, uh, Physical things that you you do for yourself, like uh, taking care of your body, like eating well, getting enough sleep, um, exercising, you know, moderately. Those things can influence a lot of other aspects in your life very positively.
0: Oh, absolutely. And,
1: um, yeah, and ha- habits are, are a cha- are a challenging thing. You know, number one, they you know habits are hard to form and and they're sometimes hard to break. And, um you just gotta it, it, and, but, it, but it all comes down to determination and uh like that this
0: one, that you're we talking about and I, I love the phrase that you use the, the life-giving activities and and habits and I think that was something that I learned very slowly that um you know using my free time or my leisure time in pursuits that were that were life-giving like physical fitness and spiritual fitness and those those things that pay dividends and help us find enjoyment and, and do well in all those other aspects of life. And that, Absolutely. that discipline is, is so vitally important for, uh, for our reserve components when, uh, when we're only wearing the uniform two days out of a month or maybe several weeks for training in the, in the summertime or, or other training opportunities
1: that's that's exactly right, and so um you you brought up a really, really good point because i I brought this up with Colonel Beagleman, um who's the director of h two f when we were talking a little while ago, and um compo two and thirty you know they have the, the, it's a challenge because when you're when you're on the AC side, you know you're you're there you know thirty days of the month or whatever, but um uh, for for those of us in the National Guard and the reserves. You know, we have regular civilian jobs, competing priorities, busy lives, family schedules, and then also we go and drill on the weekend and then active duty two weeks. You know, in in the summertime, and one of the things that's that they talk about in the um, the H two F program is the idea that um, it's about changing the culture, and um, that's actually a really I, I think culture is such an important thing. Um, as you start talking about it and it can go across a a wide spectrum of, of, uh, topics, but a team culture, your individual culture, um, these are things that influence the, um, you know, how effective you you are, so to speak at what you do and establishing a strong, positive personal culture in your own life is one of the key ingredients, I believe, to um, positively influencing others and, um, you know, ultimately glorifying God.
0: Certainly, yeah. And well, I think and maybe that's the way that we need to to think about holistic health and fitness as National Guard soldiers and airmen to see these 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 pillars or these kind of these Activity categories, if you will, maybe as 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 life giving, that will make us better in our civilian occupations. That will make us better when we wear uniforms, or when we wear the uniform. Because certainly the the military and even our civilian careers and our families that they there are times when they are going to to be more demanding of us. Um, so to 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 build the things around it that are that are life giving.
1: Yeah, that's right. And you know, it's, it's something else that kind of popped into my mind was, you know, the idea of it's okay to do hard things and, and it's okay. And, and and I say that because, you know, in our society, there's a lot of like instant gratification things that think that, um, you know, you get the immediate, you know, like button, so to speak, um, mode, but, a lot of a lot of really worthwhile things in life are things that don't pay the dividends right away, but that take a little time. And it's, it's really critical, I believe to instill. And I think this is kind of just like maybe old school mentality a little bit um is to try and um is, you know, like, like back, you know, a long time ago, um, you know, People, you know, they're, they're, it's not that we, people don't work hard now, but there's just a different kind of work in some ways that, that people do. And I think that sometimes just good old-fashioned physical hard labor uh, and hard work can t- it teaches some really good lessons. And um, my my big point is to just be don't don't shy away from something just because it involves um, a lo- uh, a lot of work in order to get there. Because sure. once you once you accomplish. That goal, that difficult challenge. Once you once you get there, it'll it'll further um, give you confidence to go after anything that you set your mind to.
0: Right. The the next
2: challenge won't seem so daunting. That's right. Dan, I've got a question for you. So, we've been talking a little bit about, um, in a sense, <clears throat> starting starting the a new routine or starting uh, to to take your life in this different path of seeking out the the H2F mindset and and developing um, the physical part of it for a fitness routine. Um, Personally, I myself, uh, a couple months ago, have have started uh, really diving into a running routine, and, and, you know, I'm in my late 30s now, and I've never um, pursued it the way I I have until recently. And uh, looking back, one of the biggest fears, I think, is failure. And, you know, I, I can always start, but... You know, then something happens and you, you both touched on our lives are busy, you know, especially for uh, the reserve and guard components. You know, you have your civilian job, you have your your drill time, your AT, you have your family life, you, you have all these things going on. And so it, it can be hard to dedicate the time to a, an actual physical fitness routine and, and to set these goals and to achieve these goals. And um, a little bit of reading I've done recently has... has it highlights the fact that failure is one of the biggest reasons—or um, sorry, not failure, but missing—you know a, a day of your program or your or, or your run or your routine. Like it creates this mindset where you, you just feel like you failed, and then it just is a, da- a downhill, uh, slippery slope from there, and, and, and oftentimes can give up. And uh, I, I've I've had to struggle with that um, as, as I've got two young kids at home and work and drill and, and uh, other things and just life in general, I have missed a few of my scheduled runs, but I've really struggled trying to, like, okay, that's not the end of the world, you know, just just keep going and do the best you can. But I would, with your experience and your, you know, years of knowledge, I'd love to hear your approach to what you would tell your athletes who are struggling with that um, physical work-life balance.
1: Absolutely. No, I appreciate you saying that. I mean, I, and I, I think a lot of people um, are are in your same boat and in the sense of we're busy, we have lots of competing priorities and I, I'm especially, I especially understand how challenging it is for us in like combo two and three, you know, to, to balance that, um, you know, you know, civilian job with your family life, with your own personal physical type goals and also your requirements that that we have within the the garden and reserve. And, and I'll tell you straight up that it is number one, you have to give yourself a little bit of a collective break. Okay. No one, no one does uh, the training process perfectly. The key component for you to dial in is the idea that you are, as consistently as you can moving in a positive direction. So, and if you if you can authentically say that to yourself that like you are like, hey, maybe I didn't, you know, I was supposed to be four workouts this week, but I only got in two. Um uh, you know, the key for you is you know, and this is all part of that, you know, in the military we have the MDMP process, right? You know, and you have and um we have you know, we have all these things where we we assess and evaluate, and you know, do our AARs. And it's it's very important as a thinking person to to think critically about um, those things, all those things that you're doing. And um, and and like you said, I mean, I want to caveat this by saying none of us do it perfectly. First of all, like I'm busy, I've got all kinds of competing priorities um and 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 i'm sure most of our listeners do as well the big thing is to in my opinion and this is a life thing is to establish your life priorities and then and then given your resources which really is your time in your life that you have um you know you, you know, prioritize, prioritize accordingly, so to speak. And you're not going to do it perfectly and and it's okay. But the big thing is to just, um, um, sometimes people need accountability partners. If you have like one training partner that you guys, that you can get together and, and, uh, keep each other accountable. That is, that is a really good thing to do, especially, uh, as, as a guardsman or reservist, um, to where you might be away from the, you know, the armory, you know, like 28 out of 30 days, but if you have somebody that you can call up and be like, "Hey, man, let's let's go and uh, let's go and knock out these four miles because I really want to get I really want to get feeling better uh, about my running." Accountability is a very very positive um, influencer, um, and I think it kind of keeps people on track basically. And um, one one other little piece that you you mentioned because you mentioned the, the four letter F word and that's fear. And, um, it is, um, I, I think, uh, one of those things is, is that, um, fear is an important thing in, in life, like a healthy fear of, you know, but at the same time, you also want to realize that, um, fear can also make some people freeze, so to speak, and, or, or or not make, so I I guess what I'm trying to say is kind of like just give yourself a little bit of a break and even if you miss it, even if you miss the mark, um, get off the ledge and then get back, get back in the game, basically. And as you continue to progress over time, um, you will get closer and closer to your goal. And that's really kind of what it what it boils down to. Um The, uh, you know, it's funny. um, Eleanor Roosevelt, I've actually just looked it up. um, She had a really great quote um, where it says, You gain strength, courage, and confidence by every experience in which you really stop to look fear in the face. You're able to say to yourself, I have lived through this war. I can take the next thing that comes along. You must do the thing you think you cannot do. And this is kind of what I'm talking about is the idea of establishing Establish an end goal for yourself, but also establish some intermediate goals along the way to help you kind of conquer those fears of like, oh, I don't know if I think I can get there to running a sub 14 minute two mile. Well, start with a sub 16 minute two mile. Start with some things that that um, can help move you there. And as you accomplish those challenges, it gives you confidence to overcome the next thing. So, hope that helps.
0: Yeah, I, I so I, I took two things away from that. Uh, I think first you've got to you've got to be able to show yourself some grace uh, now and then, and mm-hmm. uh, and and I think that comes in part from from having having or thinking about the long game or or having a healthy perspective on on each and every individual workout. You you know you may you may have missed a day or. Or maybe had a a rough week or you're coming back from injury but keep keeping it keeping it it in a healthy perspective and and having the having the long game in mind that's exactly
1: right that's exactly right
2: i really liked how you phrased uh your thoughts on that because as it was specific towards uh workouts or or physical fitness uh you can really extrapolate that and, and take it in a take that approach to anything you do in life, any goal you set in life.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, um, that's, and I think that's, it, it, that's why, um, you know, uh, I think it was MacArthur on the fields of friendly strife are sowing the seeds that on other fields on other days will bear the fruits of victory. I think as we challenge ourselves physically, there will be second and third order effects that positively influence, uh, our, us individually and then collectively as a total force. And um, so having those physical challenges is a good thing. And and then knowing that we can overcome them teaches us to overcome other obstacles in our lives. Um, And then one final thing just specifically about the the run training thing too. A lot of times what happens also is that people um, start a running program and then um, they might, they might get hurt in some way, shape, or form, and so continuing to reach out to people who maybe are quote unquote runners or people who have who've learned a few lessons and being runners, I think it goes back to that learning process because in order to reach your potential as an athlete, it's 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 kind of it's very simple, but it's actually very fairly complex at the uh, Olympic level. Is that you really have to train your potential, like train as hard as you can, and then also stay healthy, because it's it's tough to it's tough when you lose time to injury. But just understand um, that everyone goes through that process, and so don't be dismayed if you get some kind of injury that sidelines you for a week. Get back up on the horse, get 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 healed, and then and then get back to it.
2: There's a lot of wisdom in that. You know, the world-class athlete program is something very few people honestly know about, I think, unfortunately so, and you know, I, I'm, I'm aware of it, but you know, the the, the details and, and, and spe- specifics of the program are pretty unfamiliar to me, and I, I know this wasn't really the focus of this uh, conversation, but I would love to take the opportunity to kind of get more information about it out. So if you could just take a minute or two and give me a better description about what that program is and how it works, that'd be great. Sure, absolutely.
1: Yeah, no, um, you know, the World Class Athlete Program is a very unique and exceptional program that the Army has, and it's uh, it's a program that is for active duty, National Guard, and Reserve soldiers that have the um, the athletic Skills and talent and and development to, to uh, compete and, and what, they, um, what the program does it gives them this opportunity to compete on on the national and international stage uh, ultimately to try and represent you know the army and the United States at the Olympic Games at world championships um, that sort of thing but, uh, the genesis of the program came out of uh, Public Law 11 which was I think in the 1940s or so, and it, it was basically, um, it said that, uh, no soldier should be, you know, um, denied the opportunity to, uh, participate in the Olympics just because they were a soldier basically. And so that's, I think, um, um, I'm trying to remember, uh, general, uh, it's like in the, second like in the nineties, he, uh, he kind of, they, they re- reconstituted the program, Um, and, and it's based at Fort Carson, Colorado and, um, it has a command and, uh, they, they train winter and summer soldiers, um, to compete in, uh, at both the winter and summer Olympics basically.
2: That's fantastic. And, uh, if I could ask one more follow-up question on that. So Mm -hmm. the, in the guard, they have, uh, sports programs like the biathlon, um, teams and mm-hmm. they have the, the competitive shooting teams and even uh, uh, eSports uh, teams and I, I know there are others out there that I'm not familiar with but again these are mm-hmm. these are uh, programs that have very little uh, uh, insight and, and just uh, view on I and mean, not too many folks know about them. Yeah. Um so I know the world class athlete program is a little different and you know at a much higher level of competition but um you you know, if you kind of break it down to maybe those are the building blocks in, into something like the world class athlete program or if nothing else how do those types of non-traditional soldier skills somewhat um relate into soldier readiness and and resiliency
1: Yeah absolutely well um so you you had mentioned the um the e-sports program. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not really that up to speed on, on that program. Um, but I believe it's kind of a recruiting and retention program basically. Um, and, and it, you know, gives these soldiers an opportunity to, you know, compete in those competitions and, and kind of, uh, recruit for, for the military. Um, the, uh, the biathlon, I think, I'm not sure if we have a biathlete in our program right now. I believe we might, but I know that some of the National Guard programs have their own, you know, biathlon kind of type programs. I'm sort of aware of it. Um, but to answer your question about, you know, how do these, how does being a part of the world-class athlete program um, support, you know, the Army's resiliency and, you know, all that kind of thing. I, I guess I would say that the um, the soldiers, so we we go out um, throughout the year and are part of uh, we we'll call we call them T-SETs total soldier enhancement training and for units that want to um, sort of learn some of the skills that, that uh, some of the soldiers in the WCAP have, um, they can request them to to bring a T-SET program to their unit. Um, so there's there's a lot of give back uh, from that perspective. We have terror missions, total Army involvement, recruiting missions that also do the same type of a thing. Um, and then from a, at a larger perspective, I think that – Um, you know, these soldiers that are trying to qualify and ultimately qualify for the Olympic games are great ambassadors, both for the, um, the army and the United States, you know, this, um, so, you know, the things that it takes to achieve, uh, becoming an Olympian involve all the attributes that we're asking our soldiers to sort of do operationally, um, overcoming challenges, uh, you know, solving complex problems. Uh, overcoming adversity, um, competing, winning, you know, those are all things, uh, you know, like the, the army slogans right now, army strong, winning people first, winning matters. Um, you know, I think that, uh, yeah, the program really takes that idea of like, you know, Hey, we're here to compete at the top, at the top
0: echelon. And, uh, and we do it.
2: That's great. Thank you so much.
0: Hey, well, well, one more question. Then uh we'd like to say that leaders are readers and well maybe I'll cast that net a little more broadly. Uh any any books or podcasts that you've encountered recently that uh, that you think would would be worth sharing?
1: Um yeah, I mean I um I've been um like I said I haven't finished it yet, but I've been working through uh that Grit book by uh Angela Duckworth. Um I think it's I think it's excellent. Um, It's got some really uh, great ideas about perseverance and, you know, we we don't, you know, where, where talent comes from and what is talent, that kind of thing. Because I think sometimes we develop mental um, feelings that we don't even realize it when we're doing it. And um, the truth is from my perspective that a lot of things in life, um, you know, we put these paradigms on our life. Oh, I can do this, but I can't do that. And I, I definitely can't do this. Um, but the more that you continue to challenge yourself, the more you start to realize that those feelings, not only are they, they're, they're, they're really not even, they're not there. Um, and, um, I think that, um, it's, it's a great lesson to learn. It's great for young kids to learn this early on in life is that if you, if you want to achieve something, you have to be willing to um, set aside those, those uh, things that you, you know, you have to be willing to set aside um, the mindset that I can't do this or I can't do that. You have mm-hmm. to be willing to risk and to, and to go after things that you might have thought uh, had been unachievable. And you do that through a logical sequence of progression in your, uh, whether it's training or whether it's, uh, just in your own personal life. So for me, I like the grit book. And, um, you know, another one that I'm kind of like working my way through right now is the extreme ownership. Um, just uh, a guy, Jocko Rolinek. And, um, he's got a lot of really, he's, I guess, a, a, a Navy an and, um, you know, it's, he, he, he's, Pretty, pretty, pretty hard nose about stuff. But to be honest with you, it's uh, it's a lot of really good, um, you know, common sense wisdom. And uh, I think that
0: that's a, another good one. You, you can't you can't see me, but uh, I'm smiling pretty broad here. I'm am a big fan of Jocko, and I, I read Extreme Ownership earlier this year. As a matter of fact, my NCO and I we were listening to a Jocko podcast on the way up to the studio this morning. That's great. <laughs> Uh, well, Dan better. by the by yeah. the time this episode airs uh the the Olympic trials will be done um so uh I, I pray that that goes well for you God God bless you and your family and in your work and I'll I'll look forward to crossing paths with you sometime here in Oregon. thanks so much for your time today
1: thank you so much Jacob really appreciate it um and uh it's uh, been a pleasure
0: great well again thank you and and god bless okay take care this podcast is produced by the oregon national guard public affairs office my prayer for you is that wherever you find yourself that you might find hope for today and strength for the ambiguity and chaos of life blessings on the rest of your day